You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast with the 6FB, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. And here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, welcome back to Bookkeepers Bootcamp. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Joe Wood. We're joined by Hannah Roper from The Female Creative, and we're going to have a session now talking about well building a business around family prioritizing that kind of thing because a lot of our community are parents and uh, and this is absolutely a challenge you might have seen I've got my five-year-old at home today there's all sorts going on behind me and um, and this is the, the real life juggle I suppose and we've been talking about this this week how we make things happen how we prioritize how we plan around life and don't think we have all the hours when we really really don't um so thanks everyone who's jumping on I can see you guys joining live we've actually just come straight from another session Hannah so we've like we're having a really great full-on afternoon so thanks everyone for coming back um and let us know if you are here live or if you're watching the replay and where you are that would be great to hear um Hannah do you want to start by letting everyone know what you do Yeah, sure. So my name is Hannah Roper. I am the founder and director of The Female Creative. And The Female Creative is a coaching and mentoring business working predominantly with mums um, and women in business who are wanting to turn something that they love into a an income stream and really going through all of that initial setup, what that means, how they balance, how they juggle. And a lot of the women that I work with on a one-to-one basis, but also as part of my membership are either juggling parenthood alongside building a business or juggling some sort of job, a paid job, whether it be part-time, full-time, and then wanting to build their business as well. And that's for me setting up the female creative. It was really important to me to show that it was possible to juggle building a business alongside everything else and to do it before you need it. So I fully live what I help people with in that I also work full time within the training and learning department for a large aviation company. So I do that and run my business. And the big focus for me is around balancing it, not losing your mind, still making sure that the small humans are fed on a regular basis and still being able to create something that you need or you you want and is there when you need it. Because I think if if nothing else we've learned over the last couple of years with everything that's gone on is you don't know what's around the corner and especially in the world of work and in the world of employment it isn't as settled as it was a few years ago so making sure that you have options is really really beneficial. That's really interesting so we've actually just come off of a call where we've been talking about pricing and other things but pricing is a lot of it and we've been talking about making sure we've got options because you don't know what's about to happen and if you don't price correctly uh, you you're not prepared for those particular curveballs that might come your way but you're talking about setting up a business so that you have that as an option for whatever might come your way and actually this is all super relevant actually because we had a chat with some some of the bookkeepers who's completed our startup program this morning we did a strategy call with them and uh, then some people were leaving employment or working part-time or finding that point when they will be able to take their practice full-time there are a lot of bookkeepers who work with us who bookkeeping is their full-time thing they've actually been doing it for a long time there are others who are right at the beginning of that journey so I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation um okay so let that is a lot you've got on your plate yes Um, how do you prioritize or how do you suggest people prioritize if they've got all of this going on 
I think it really comes down to understanding yourself and understanding what success looks like for you. So if I give you a couple of examples of women that I'm working with at the moment, I have one who is a wedding photographer who has just uh, quit her full-time job to go on it, go into photography full-time. I am also working with a kinesiologist who has quit her full-time job to go into kinesiology full-time. And for both of them, their full-time jobs were not something that was related to their passion. So it was a real, you know, it's a real switch. And both of them had been working on their business before they'd made that that jump but one of the things that really stuck out for them and as well with my group membership is that success is different for everybody and there is a lot of pressure I'm absolute lover of social media I'm a real advocate for social media but there is a real danger with social media when you see other people talking about their successes that you start to measure your success against theirs rather than figure out what it really looks like for you so I think in terms of prioritization it would be what do you want to achieve do you want to move from working full-time into running your own business do you want to actually have a better work-life balance so you might be running your own business already but actually you're working so many hours and you're not leaving time to do the things that you set your own business up to do in the first place so I think for me it's around determining what success looks like for you is it based around monetary goals which is absolutely fantastic and is a real driver for us as business owners because ultimately we need money to live. And yes, we would all say we would love to do what we do and not worry about money, but we've got bills to pay and a lot of us have got the small humans to feed and they do eat a lot. I've got a 12-year-old son who size nine feet and is eating me out of absolute house and home. So those monetary goals are are really, really important, but also for yourself. And that's something that I'm a firm believer in because I love my day job. I've been in learning and development for over 20 years. I started off as a primary school teacher. I've taught secondary school music. I have dabbled in various other things. So I was an operational police officer for 13 years. Um, So I'm a lot tougher than I actually look. And within that, I went into the learning and development department. So I've been in that world for such a long time and I really, really enjoy it. But for me, setting up the female creative was about giving myself options and determining what success looks like. So for me, success is not about having 10 clients a month. Success for me is being able to handpick who I work with and not feel that pressure of having to to pull business in with people that aren't necessarily my ideal client or who don't fill me with working with them doesn't fill me with the same sort of joy so absolutely what does success look for you I think is the number one thing to to really think about when prioritization it's it's so interesting because the the chat we just had with James Ashford we were talking about um the money beliefs that we have in things and and yes we can compare ourselves to comparisonitis is like the thief of joy, as they say, you know, comparing yourself to someone else on social media and what they want and what their success is, doesn't mean that you need to have that and success will look different for you, but also allowing yourself to be unapologetically ambitious as well, if you want to. It's like, it's about finding, I I feel like today we're covering both sides of this. It's like, you know, feeling, um, having, giving yourself a space to actually dream and have goals and actually set those goals and realize and and success might be a massive big you know might be loads of money in the bank for you but just be okay with that whatever it is that you want you can be okay but actually 
if you want to, you know, if you want to stay in a job because you like that security, but you also want to do something on the side and you and and you enjoy what you're doing, then that's absolutely like everything is great. And um and there's just so much to be said for actually owning what success looks like for you and not looking left or right and just putting the blinkers on and thinking about what it is that you want. And and we we undenied about calling our group the six figure bookkeeper because we thought it might put some people off because they might be thinking, I don't know what six figures. But what it stands for, it's not about the money side. It's just about aspiration. It's about feeling being in a group of people that have got a growth mindset, that are willing to do things and push themselves a little bit more and learn and be coached and you know open to ideas of how things could be better for them. So I'm really pleased um, that you've brought that up because we haven't really spoken about how we compare ourselves and I'm sure lots of people do it um we all do it we, we yeah. shouldn't but we all do and it's and, and, and I mean to be honest if we're all parents I mean that's the worst thing we can do is comparing ourselves to other parents yes they're in business I mean oh my goodness the the mum guilt is real you know as soon as you give birth you have as soon as you become a parent you have this guilt that's come from somewhere and it never yeah. goes it doesn't matter how big they get Oh gosh, it's as I say, my my son is now twelve, and and constantly throughout his childhood, people were saying to me, "Oh well, it gets easier. It gets easier as they get older. It gets easier." So sorry if anyone's got really young children and are hoping that it gets easier as they get older. It just becomes different. They have different demands on your time. They have different needs. It actually, becomes a little bit more complex. That it requires so much brain power because you can't just silence them with a snack or anything like that. Still works sometimes, um, but there is a lot more of that intellectual kind of back and forth that that goes on but again I I love the points that that you're making because I truly believe in that that in you know your success is about you and we do get so drawn into this comparison and when I first started up my business and my business is is very much a lockdown business because I am you may have gathered an incredibly busy person I was working full-time um I also I'm also a country music singer songwriter as well on on the such straight that one in there. Um, so I have an alter ego and and I was doing a lot of performing when my son was much younger got more difficult as he got older and I then because I couldn't travel around the country to perform I created my own three-day country music festival local to me so I had all of this stuff going on and then Covid hit and everything stopped and I couldn't contemplate stopping so I started the female creative but so quickly I began to look at other people what what are they doing comparing myself to them so I started doing a bit more research into it and looked at really the the fact that comparison starts for us in childhood that because because of our education system because of the way that we are taught in schools um and it's it is better nowadays for our children but definitely back I mean I'm you know a child of the very very early 80s um so back then in the way that we were schooled everything was about comparing you with other people and you had to toe the line to fit in you had to do what everyone else was doing to feel accepted and then you plunge yourself into the world of running your own business and you're actually being told be you be different and your brain's going but I've been told to be the same as everyone else for my entire life. And now I've got to be different to make myself stand out. It's crazy. 
I love this. I, lo- I really love this because yesterday we were talking about ideal client and and we, we're talking here, aren't we, about the sort of fixed mindset that is imposed on us by the education system. And if anyone, ha- there's a video by a lady called Carol Dweck and she talks about this. And we talk about it in the six month success program. And um, and we very because we're used to being right or wrong. And I have definitely I would definitely um describe myself as somebody who has in the past had a very fixed mindset this is the how it is that you are you do this you're good at this or you're not good at it and that is the end of that and and I definitely saw that um and that gets us into this way of thinking that we either are a success at something or we're a failure at something and it makes us afraid of taking risks because we're afraid that we're going to fail now actually what we know as entrepreneurs is the more risks you take it's probably this is probably a James Ashford thing actually all you've got to do is succeed more times than you fail I don't know where I've heard that I bet it was James but like um, like, actually you've got to go out there and you need to take the risk because it's the only way you're going to grow a business because every entrepreneur there isn't actually one perfect model for a bookkeeping practice the perfect model for you is the perfect model for you and that model hasn't existed yet you've got to create it but that hasn't been created before. So actually what you're working towards, you don't actually exactly know what steps you need to go through, You, but you do need to keep taking risks and making actions that you might see as risks, and some of them won't work. But you have to have done that because otherwise you won't work out what is the right thing. And the way to start to see that failure failure as actually an op- a learning opportunity is to, re- to change your way of thinking um, so that you have more of a growth mindset but this isn't trained into us the majority of us I think it can depend on your upbringing and I know Jo's got entrepreneurial parents and she definitely had it more than me when we started working together we we had to do a lot of work on this I definitely have um but this is about yeah having more of a growth mindset and looking at things as opportunities and and we were talking sorry I've gone on a long ramble here very excited about it but like when you were saying about you know having an ideal client and and suddenly rather than like ticking the boxes and doing things in the way that society expects us to do them and achieving and it looking like you know a good degree and having a good job and all of that stuff suddenly we're like in this world of freedom where we can suddenly we can create anything we want we if we want we can have the the car that we had as a poster on our wall when we were a kid growing up like what kind of world is that that is not what we were told when we went to school Um, but we actually can have it the only thing is if we want to have that we have to work out how we're different so that we can stand out to our ideal client this is blowing people's minds and how can we get comfortable with the idea that we now need to stand out and that is fascinating to me it's and and this is what I then kind of came to that that realization and that's then really helped when I've worked with my clients is you know it's okay to find yourself in that comparison kind of format you've got to work to get yourself out of it but don't beat yourself up for comparing yourself because it's so naturally ingrained in us you're going to do it in the same way that you've got you know, imposter syndrome, a lot of these, uh, these words, these phrases, they are thrown about so much at the moment and thrown about a lot by business coaches, by mentors out there in the social media space. They're so important, but what's important to understand what that means for you. So we all feel 
like we shouldn't be doing what we're doing. We all get to that point where you might have a really good run of success and then that little voice on your shoulder. I call mine Bruce because it's easier if I personify it and then I can flick him away. No offence to anyone that's called Bruce. It just was the way that it kind of came to my mind. Um, But it's how you deal with those things that enable you to then keep moving forward, which then is why I'm such a believer in in taking those ideas that you've got, looking at what success means for you, and then working out what action do you need to take to get yourself to that point. But don't get caught up in comparing your action with other people's actions, because again, you're on, I get super cheesy, you're on your own journey. um, and, And it's got to work for you. And what works for you is not necessarily going to work with somebody next to you or another family member for example I mean I'm I'm looking the the chat's kind of coming in it's absolutely amazing that you guys are just so engaged with with what we're talking about and I know that you can relate to it as well but I think somebody mentioned on there around you know their family and everything everyone being employed I'm in a situation where um that's the one, that's the comment that I was looking for, um, is my husband is employed. And one of the things that I really battle against is my husband saying to me, I don't understand. I don't understand why you're taking this extra time away from us as a family to create something that you don't need. And that has always been my point. I don't need it now. But next year, I might need it. Or the year after, I might need it. And I don't want to be starting at scratch when I need it. So I'm building up that solid foundation of a business that I can bring in when I when I need to reduce the amount of work I do, or I can grow it to then be able to fulfill a need that I have at the moment. So that links into that kind of comparisonitis in that you might not necessarily be comparing yourself exactly to somebody that's in a similar position to you or running a business in the same way that you might be. You might be drawn into some of those comparisons around your family and around your friends and finding yourself in a situation where they don't necessarily understand, which is why groups like this are amazing because actually you are around people that do understand and do want you to be different because that's how we're all going to to succeed is to tap into those unique personality traits and that unique drive that we all have to be able to do what we do so yeah oh gosh we covered so much there didn't we (laughs) we have we have I, I just want to point this out Leander has asked you know how do we make ourselves stand out I hide social uh, I hide social media is quiet. I don't advertise, but this year I need to make a start on this. So, so you know, I know Leander's got a fab business and she's doing well, but we still, so, you know, you've got comparisonitis. So then that stops us becoming visible potentially um, because we don't want to be seen, like we're putting ourselves out there to be judged because we are judging the people that we are seeing. So then we think, oh, my goodness, if I put myself out there, what are people going to say and what are they going to think about me? How do we get over that? So I had this quite recently um, and actually sent out an email to a lot of my subscribers about it, because, again, it was something that that was so relevant in. I do put myself out on there on social media. I am quite visible and I am. I am trained to do that. I'm a performer. My mum put me on the stage when I was five years old and I've performed ever since. So actually being have being visible is something that comes fairly naturally to me. But I work with a lot of people who it isn't natural for. But I recently put something out there on, uh, on Instagram, it was, and I received some feedback 
from somebody who uh, is an old music acquaintance of mine, who is not my ideal client in any way, shape or form, is hugely different from the demographic that I speak to on my social media. And he still made a choice to, to follow me. And at first, it really knocked me. It really knocked my confidence. I thought, oh my gosh, have I done something wrong? He's criticizing the action that I'm taking on, on social media. It still takes a lot, even for somebody that is quite extroverted and is still quite confident. It's a lot of effort to put yourself out on social media. It takes a lot out of you. And what I then came to realize is actually, when you start to think about the person that you're serving, the person whose life your business is going to make so much easier it makes it easier to put yourself out there. So rather than worrying about what other people are thinking about you, think about the person that you are serving, for want of a better word. What I do quite often with some of my clients is create that ideal client persona. And I don't know if that's some work that you guys have, have kind of done in your group. And there are differing opinions on how to create your ideal client persona. Some people want to go full on and they want to create an avatar. Um, and for some people, it's not so much about the demographics, but it's more about maybe that emotional connection, some of the wants and the needs of your ideal client. I don't think there's a right or wrong way. But the way that I like to do it is I like to actually uh, create that person into something that feels a little bit more real. So when I have those moments of doubt, when I'm starting to think, oh, gosh, I don't really want to go live on Instagram today or I don't want to do another social media post or I'm fed up of showing my face. I don't want to put any makeup on. I haven't done my hair in three days and I've been wearing the same tracksuit for the last five days. I do not want to show up right now. What I tend to think about is that individual person. So for me, my ideal client persona, her name is Amy. So I focus on Amy and I focus on if I don't show up today, what effect is that going to have on her and on her business? And actually, it's bigger than me. This is about the people that I serve as a client. And this is about how I can help them develop more. So in terms of, of that question, when you are struggling to be visible, it is your own mindset that's standing in your way. But my God, that mindset is so powerful and it will throw so many blockers in your way and convince you not to do something. For me, it's really helpful to then imagine Amy and think, what does Amy need from me today? And then I just talk to her on social media and it feels like I'm talking to a friend and it takes the pressure off for me that then allows me to to show up so I don't know if anyone else has kind of looks at it in that way or has experienced in that in that way before I love this approach to it like talking to your ideal client on social media I mean it seems it we do a lot of work on ideal client through our six month success program and uh, and we focus on the niche and we we do we talk about it a lot um and yeah we I agree you could or you couldn't get into the detail of the, the avatar it's you know it depends on how you want to approach it but mm -hmm. when you are I like video I use Instagram stories a lot and I know that isn't for everybody although I've been so it's been so great to see more people using it like I think Karen's here Karen's always on her stories and I, I, Aletha's been using her stories and just seeing people doing that is great and I think if you're afraid of it the I, I haven't thought of it like this before so H Hannah this is like a breakthrough for me but just thinking of talking to that friend is so much if it's a friend but that mm -hmm. particular person um helps you so much to 
do that so it's just a great way to think about it and and then you don't need to think I've got to like I'm trying to stand out or do something specific or um position myself in a particular way or or compare I don't need to compare myself or other people aren't going to be looking at me all you're doing is focusing on that one person and that's a real lesson we've learned this afternoon I think and and for me that's helped a lot of my clients as well because it just like I say it just blocks out the noise around you and just allows you to focus on your purpose and your intention and let's say I'm absolute lover of social media and I work quite closely with my clients around how they can use social media more effectively because it is an absolute minefield there's things changing constantly it's such a great marketing tool but you need to be more strategic with it if you really want to kind of use it in terms of of a of a business tool but focusing on that one person. And I suppose the other kind of tip that I would give as well that I've really found has has worked as I've implemented it more is think about the language that your ideal client is using. So once you've started working with clients, once you've started to have that real hands-on experience with working with people, ask them what they think about your business. One of the key exercises that I do regularly with my clients is I ask them to describe my business in three words. And that's really, really helpful to make sure that what they perceive your business and your brand is, how that compares to how you perceive your business and your brand. And more often than not, for most people, it will marry up. But using language that they're going to associate with, because I know I've been really guilty of of using really technical language that people can't relate to. So I think that's really really helped me and my clients as well I've just seen this place that Leander's put up a breakthrough construction workers will not be interested in my physical appearance and the outdoor activity I'm exploring I am exploring will love my look stop being myself up and being me yeah absolutely like they're going to relate to that aren't they they're going to relate to you being outside and doing the things you do so much more than you so yeah fantastic breakthrough (laughs) absolutely love that and I, and I just think what you said there is about, you know, so when you're speaking to Amy and rather than thinking, so I think what happens is when we're trying to um, price our services, when we're going onto social media, when we're trying to communicate in any which way about our business, I think sometimes we go into this sales mode and then we feel really icky about it. Yeah. So then we don't actually want to do it. So if we like stop thinking about selling and just think about, okay, Amy needs me today. Amy needs me to tell her something. What one thing could I tell her today on social media that might help move her business forward and add some value to her day, cheer her up a bit, put a bit of spring in her step and make her think, yes, I can do this. If we start stop thinking about selling and, and I can do this, I do this in like my proposal, my sales calls, I really stop thinking about Um, someone said to me once, and it's so true, if you're going into a sales call seeing floating money pound signs above someone's head, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Because the straight away, the energy, people will pick up on that. So when I go into my sales, I really, I listen twice as much than I talk. I make sure I'm asking lots of questions. I'm listening out for that. How can I help moment? What is it that they need me for? What value can I bring? Can I, like, and then but when you do that and engage in that kind of conversation, the money is just irrelevant because it's a transaction. They're going to pay for it because they're going to get more out of it, way more than how much you're going to be charging on a monthly basis. So I think it's about reframing 
our our um, the conversations we're having in our head when we're about to do something and I think that's like stop think, getting that icky if you're getting that icky feeling it's because you're going into it with the wrong intentions you're thinking mm-hmm. I need a sale I need three more clients this month I need to up my revenue don't go into it like that fine I love that connect with your ideal client p- personify them and say what do they need to hear today? How can I help them? And then by doing that, you're becoming the expert in your industry. People, other people, not just Amy, will be noticing you and thinking, oh, she actually knows what she's talking about. And they know what you're talking about and what industry you're in. Because half the time, people don't understand what you do because we don't actually talk about that enough. So mm. um, um, thank you. So I've actually, I've got an avatar. I've, um, Sophie is my avatar. And um and I, I've got everything about Sophie, but I've never spoken to her. So thank you. That's a breakthrough ah. for me today. Oh, good. Well, that's I think it's something that's really, really helped. It's helped a lot of my clients and it definitely takes some of that pressure off. And also, like you say, that that ick feeling, because as business owners, we are selling. We are selling our product. We have to sell our product. Otherwise, our business doesn't make any money and it all falls down. There's a nursery rhyme in there somewhere, isn't there? Um, So we've got to make money. We've got to sell. And there is a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of information out there about sales funnels, about back-end automations, about which actually take so much of the emotion out. And they're so necessary and they're so useful but depending on where you are in your business, that's where you can prioritize. Do I need to be me in my business right now? Or am I at a point where I'm getting regular clients come in through my doors? I can now look at automating. I can now look at some of these more complex sales funnels. But definitely when you're you're building your brand and you're building your business or you're rebranding, because I've worked with businesses as well who actually may have been going. So my the photographer that I mentioned, she's been running her photography business for nearly 10 years alongside her day job. But about a year ago, we rebranded. And that again, you're you're kind of starting a little bit from the beginning, although you've got the the knowledge and the expertise of your craft, you're now reintroducing yourself to the world in a different way. So being able to look at your ideal client in that way will then help you prioritize your activities that you're going to do, because is this activity going to serve my ideal client and especially when you are balancing a million and one other things there are going to be stuff bits and pieces on your to-do list that are going to stay on your to-do list for probably the next 10 years and that's okay because you're prioritizing and saying to move my business forward today to serve my clients in the way that I need to these three activities are going to enable me to do that. And these three activities are a nicety, but actually I just don't have time for that right now. So I'm going to park those and I'm going to, I'm going to keep moving forward, which it it all links back to being able to then prioritize and turn those ideas that you have into those action activities that are going to drive you forward. Oh, I love that. I was talking to a bookkeeper this morning. We had a chat about the six month success program and she is in a position where she's resigned from her job Uh, She's got three months notice to work and she's put her child into nursery for an extra one day a week. So she's got one day a week to work on her business and she needs to uh, she was talking about getting a part time job uh, for now until she can get some clients. And I said, well, actually, my challenge to you is to find a client right now so you don't have to take a part time job. Um, If you were in that kind of position or you were talking to someone in that kind of position and they were they have children to look after they were working around an, an employment and starting to build a business and where we've just been talking about the priorities to move things forward where would you start with what are the steps that you would take if you know that you've got to have a paying client in three months time 
where would you start on that journey now? I would really focus on the planning aspect. So when the, the things that we've been talking about are very much mindset related, yes, they help you prioritize, but actually then what you're talking about for somebody in that situation is they need to really take action straight away and they need to, to almost run some things in parallel to be able to get to, to where they need to in three months time. So planning and really looking at what can I feasibly get done? Because quite often we'll look at a day and say, right, well, I've got a day to, to spend on my business, for example. But you haven't got a day to spend on your business because you've got to get them to school or they're going to come home. At some, I mean, who knew that the school day would just make you feel like six hours just whizzes past in like three minutes, it feels like sometimes. But there's going to be other things that are going to be occupying your mind. For me, working at home, the wash, unfortunately, the washing machine is right outside my office door, so I can't ignore it. So there's things are having to put the washing on, having to do your shopping. So really break down how much time you actually have available and then look at those activities that are going to attract your ideal client to you. And to be honest, it all comes down to visibility. You've got to get out there in front of your ideal client and show them why they need you. So concentrating on the problem that you're solving for them. But even more than that, it's the transformation that you're going to give them. So, so often I see people do work on, on their ideal client and they're focusing on, right, these are the problems that I solve, but there's no emotional connection. When people buy from you, they could, they could choose a million and one different bookkeepers to go and work with, but it's that emotional connection that they're going to have to you, which is why doing that work around the ideal client and understanding what they need from you, how you can enhance their life and how you can help transform their business experience is getting out there and talking about that. So prioritizing activities that are going to get you in front of your ideal client would be where I would really help somebody in that situation move forward. I, that's that's so interesting um, and so important. Something else I would add is I think something that stops us selling is especially when we're right at the beginning of our um, of our business or actually while I was right into my business it was was that my onboarding process and that and how I was going to take somebody from that initial meeting and take them all the way through to that transformation I hadn't got the processes the systems the you know the step by step by step sorted as soon as I worked on my onboarding process so I knew how I was going to get a, a prospect to become a client and then the journey exactly what I was going to do with them month in month out and I could see the transformation that I could get then I started believing in myself enough to go and sell my value because I could say I know if you come on board this is the steps we're going to take and this is how it's going to work so I really think some and I, when I very first started my business I just thought I need to get a client and then I'll do the bookkeeping it's so much more than that it's so much more than that yes you can do the transactions and yes you can reconcile a bank account I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about making sure that you are the agent for them under HMRC so you can phone HMRC on their behalf. You've done your money laundering regulations or you've ticked off all the bits. This, honestly, when you map it out, and my favorite thing to do is to get a big bit of wallpaper or wrapping paper, post-it notes, map it all out. Once you know when they say yes, you know 
all the next things that need to happen in that line, you get so much more confident. Mm. And I think actually not having that stops us from uh, advertising being visible in the first place. So yes, you need to plan the activity and do that while you're, like you say, there's lots of things you've got to do alongside each other. I just think if you don't know what you're going to do with someone when they say yes, that will stop you asking for business in the first place. And and I think that's so true because like you say, it links to that transformation. You've got to know how you're going to get somebody from A to Z and 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 what that looks like and the difference that you can make with with their lives. And then especially the the the, the business that you're doing and being able to, to demonstrate your value. I love the idea of like a massive piece of wallpaper or or just you know writing all over a big old whiteboard or post-its that that totally gets my creative brain like so excited and 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 understanding that and that's you know that's exactly it there's there's no one way to start this there are so many things that you need to do at the beginning and there's a lot of information out there at the moment around starting before you're ready and planning before you start and I think it's a hybrid approach of both (laughs) I think you do need to know some information about your business, about your brand, about how you're going to put yourself out there and how you're going to serve your customers and provide that transformation. That's going to evolve as time goes on and as you work with more people and you start to really define who you are as a business. But absolutely, that work needs to be needs to be part of that initial process to enable you to have that confidence to say actually yes I can provide you with this value as you were saying about the sales calls about doing all of the listening when you do that listening you've then got to to know almost visualize in your head where you're going to take that person next it's your client journey effectively how are you going to bring them in and nurture them and show them that you can provide this transformative experience and make their lives 10 times easier because that's what people want and then show how you're going to nurture them through that process to to enable them to build that relationship with you so work out how you're going to get visible know what you're going to do for them and then get going Oh, I love that. I'm just seeing so many people as well just posting about how they're like holding themselves back from getting new clients because they don't have an onboarding process Mm. or someone saying here, uh, Steph saying, I really need to improve my onboarding process. Um, Lots of people having lots of ideas and needing their um, needing to keep notebooks and things. And actually like we do like this is I love uh, Joe actually made me go through that process with a roll of wrapping paper and post-it notes when we first got together when we started the six-figure bookkeeper because we were like we need to know whether we have a business here and we need to talk we need to know whether we can work on a project together and Joe's like right here's my wrapping paper let's get all the post-it notes out and it was a really good experience and everybody can do that like we can all anyone who's in that like startup overwhelm place you can go and you can brainstorm or actually do you know what wherever you are stuck in your business because I can see lots of names I'm familiar with here and I know a lot about your businesses but the point that you are stuck at right now what are all the things you're telling yourself you need to do okay now what order do they need to happen in because we're we need to prioritize the stuff that's actually going to move the business forward and there'll be loads of stuff that comes up when you're writing those post-it notes that aren't just distracting you from the important things that are going to help you have the confidence to bring the clients on board or the things that are actually going to make the money for you in the business and move you forward there's loads of nice to haves we've all got loads of those but it's choosing the stuff that's going to make the difference for you can I come back to the the family bit because I I am like if you are I 
this is like, I really want to pick your brains on this because there are so many people here who are parents and like mm. just thinking like, how on earth can I make this happen? Like, can they really build a business that allows them to work school hours? And like, what do you need to prioritize if you want that to happen for you, if, if you are in that position? I think it's prioritizing those activities that are going to make you money because quite often with our with our businesses there will be lots of things that we want to do that we we're passionate about you can launch this you can launch that you can you know there, there's so many add-ons that you can do for your business that really fill your heart and that's why you wanted to start your business in the first place but especially early on when you need to bring the income in to enable your business to to move for me what I did and what I do with my clients is I set those initial income goals what is the absolute minimum that I need to earn to be able to keep my business going, but also pay myself what I need to be able to keep my household going and be able to keep my family going? And how many clients is that? How many clients is that that I need to be able to bring that in? And that all linked to the talks that you've had about pricing, because especially early days, I was booked out. I was earning thousands and thousands of pounds in my first month. I was exhausted. I was working more than I'd ever worked in my entire life. And I worked with a business coach about four months into my business. And I was really chuffed. And I've earned all of this money. And it's really amazing. And she looked at what I was doing. And she's like, you're going to burn yourself out. This is not sustainable, because you're not charging enough money. So of course, people are coming to you because you're bloody cheap and you're outpricing your competitors. So put your prices up, learn your own value, and then you can make your business work. So linking in with all of kind of those pricing considerations, how much do you need to earn? How many clients is that that you need to bring in? And then looking at, okay, well, how what time have I got to be able to do that? What activities can I prioritize that enable me to do that? It might be that your social media falls by the wayside for the first few months because actually you need to go out there and you need to network in person and that's going to be your priority because that's the quickest way to build a relationship with somebody is to get in front of them. So it's about encouraging people to potentially get on a discovery call with you or meet you face-to-face in a networking event that allows them to almost accelerate that get to know you process that that dating process you want that to you know we're not talking about the 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 tinder and the social media dating side of things you've actually got to go out and you've got to have a date with this person for them to get to know you so look at how you can fit that in around children being at nursery the children being at school because as we've said that six hours really isn't very much when you've traveled somewhere or you've prepared for a meeting you've then potentially sent a couple of emails you've you know done some of your back office stuff so looking at at really what is going to get you in front of your ideal client how you can connect with them on that emotional basis to show them that you're there to make their life easier and from there it is then about building because the more you do it the more that will become a little bit more second nature the first time you hold discovery calls gosh I remember the first discovery call I held was like over an hour and I came off and I was exhausted and it's just not it's not a productive way to run a discovery call but the more you do it the quicker you get, the more you understand what people want from you. So I think be a bit kind to yourself and and know that you are on this learning journey and you are on this process and things will get easier. But in terms of balancing it, you know that you need to make money by X, X date, X time. How much money do you need to make? How are you going to make that money? And how are you going to get in front of those people to connect with them that enables them to 
just hand me the money, hand over that money um, would be where I would, I would focus. Amazing. Thank you so much, Hannah. We've covered so much and also like so much that we've been talking about this week. You've just helped us look at it in a different way. Um, so thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. And thank you, everyone who has been here with us during this session. Um, Hannah, can you tell people how they can connect with you and find out more about what you do? Yes, of course. So probably the best place is my website, which is uh, thefemalecreative.co.uk. Uh, that has all links to my my social media. So one of the things on my to do list, though, is to uh, make sure I get that. It's about time that I had a little bit of a website refresh. Um, and then on Instagram is probably the next best place, which is at the underscore female creative and I share various bits and pieces I also have a free Facebook group which is the female creative community um, as well as my own paid membership as well but most of my information is on my Instagram or on my website wonderful thank you so much that's absolutely amazing um everyone who has joined us this afternoon don't forget to come back tonight at eight o'clock we're going to be live in the six figure bookkeepers club so if you're watching this on linkedin or youtube we won't be here you need to come and join the six figure bookkeepers club i noticed a couple of comments coming up someone was saying are these sessions only for people in the uk no we are here we've got we are an international group we've got people here from australia people from the states so depending on time zone if you're in the States, you should be able to join us this evening, but we'll be there 8 p.m. GMT in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. We're covering the final step of our four-step RISE framework. We're going to go and implement, we'll talk about how we can implement everything we've learned about goal setting, ideal client over the last couple of days. Um, we're also going to talk to you a bit about the Six Month Success Programme if you want to hear more about that. We are giving away prizes. Remember, we've got some competitions when, uh, running this week. So grab your workbook, come back this, up this evening at eight o'clock and we will see you later. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye. Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers Podcast, the topical bookkeeping chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.